You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Hello, I hope you guys are doing great out there. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Hope everything is wonderful in your world. A special thank you to all of you who are spreading the word about the Paranormal Portal Podcast. It really means the world to us, and we've been meeting lots of new listeners all the time. And you guys are really key to the growth that we've experienced. And thank you so much to those of you who have spread the word, and thank you to those of you who will spread the word. Uh, of course, the Paranormal Portal is a place for everybody to share their experiences. So if you have an, uh, some paranormal experiences you'd like to share, please feel free to get a hold of me via email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Just get a hold of me and we'll get it dialed in and get you on the show as well. off i want to get into some some uh tales of mermaids yes not not the tales of mermaids but i thought we were gonna grill them (laughs) (laughs) macabre mermaid tales pulled from the darkest depths of the sea Mm. now you don't hear a lot about mermaids and and of course you know do you believe they're out there or not i don't know i it's one of those things that maybe there were something some things that lived in the oceans, maybe they still do. I don't know. Because here's the thing. The one thing about the oceans is, what is it, Don? 5 or 15% is all 5% or 15%. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, but that's all we've really explored right. of the oceans. And that's that leaves a lot left unexplored. Isn't it kind of weird that something on the Earth is harder to get to than something in in space? Yeah, it is. But I Think about that, you know? Well, sure. But, you know, when you when you consider the fact that it's, the pressure is, is like 
crippling you know mm-hmm. it's like oh, yeah. you know it'll smash you know everything like a black hole almost i mean it's so, so interesting heavy. correlation what because i just brought up getting to space and you brought up black holes under the sea um <sighs> interesting that's a good way of putting it though but yeah i mean it's just we can't build or at least haven't built things that can go entirely down there but then again it's it's more of a distance thing because i think probably more of the earth's surface is, is water than land and there's still places on Earth that people have never been, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's not hard to believe that, you know, we don't survive really well in water. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's not really not really our thing. No. Um, but anyway, let's get into this story and uh, see what you guys think of it. And this is coming from Ranker.com. And uh, let's see what they say. It says, do you, do you date? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to talk about those mockumentaries. Oh, that was, you know, yeah. on, on like the Learning Channel or, or Animal Planet or whatever, Discovery Channel. They did that show and, and people were like, wow, did you see that? And and there were a lot of people that walked away from that yeah. thinking there was real footage there. And it was pretty convincing. It you know? was. It was really good. I watched and I was like, oh, my God, could that be real? And then, you know, soon after it was like, oh, you know, everybody's all enraged because. And I don't know why they did that. Why did they do those mockumentaries? I don't know. It was just stupid. And they did one about, I know they did the mermaids and they did the, the what the hell's that big shark? The um, Megalodon. Megalodon, yeah. They did a Megalodon one and uh, I'm sure they've done others as well. But it's like, why would they do that? Because it, it was like really misleading and it was never really, n- never really posted anywhere right. that it was, hey, this isn't real. This is just a, you know, what if, but anyway. But yeah, that one about the mermaids and the one sloppy yes. uh, underwater yes. vehicle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was way convincing. Way convincing. So um, it says, do you daydream about seeing a real mermaid? Such a spotting might be the highlight of any day out of the, out on the water. But before you get too lost in your imagination, beware. Eerie tales about mermaids say they're actually a harbinger of doom. I didn't know that. No, that's, well, okay. I think that's going. sirens, though. Sirens, yeah. Don't believe the Disney hype about mermaids being sweet fish women seeking their soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it says, in reality, sinister mermaid mythology character characterizes them as sea monsters worthy of any horror film. Mermaids and mermen have been have many tools at their disposal to bring about your untimely end, and this may they may channel a storm, lure your ship into the rocks, drive you mad with their singing. See, that's sirens, but maybe they're a kind of mermaid. Maybe sirens are considered a kind of mermaid. Maybe. Uh, or even feast on your flesh. These scary mermaid stories prove that there's some sort of some of the creepiest things in the sea. Uh, Little Mermaid involves a literal bloodbath. Ooh. what The Little Mermaid is a sinister t- mor- morality tale by 19th century Danish author Hans Christian Andersen. Like the beloved Disney film, it follows a mermaid's quest to win the heart of a handsome prince whose life she saves from the water. And unlike the beloved Disney film, the original story takes a dark turn when the mermaid is unable to win the prince's heart. Mute and alone, she is doomed to be transformed into a, into sea foam because fish girls have no souls and cannot go to heaven. Her sisters sell her hair to the sea witch in exchange for a dagger that the mermaid must use to pierce the prince in his sleep. If she lets his blood wash over her feet, she will regrow her tail and return to the ocean. The heroine stands over the sleeping prince with the dagger for a long time, but cannot follow through with the dreadful act because... She resisted taking him. Uh, angels appear and let her know that she can work for several hundred years doing good deeds, and then perhaps she may obtain an immortal soul and go to heaven. 
Yeah, that's not the Disney one. No. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's a Japanese mermaid, Don. Oh, boy. Sure, it's unsettling to think about a half fish person, but what about a half snake person? <coughs> this Japanese myth is known as a Nure Ona, uh, and she has the face and hair of a woman, but the eyes and teeth of a snake. Nure Ona sits by the, the shore, cradling a bundle to trick humans into thinking she's a distressed mother holding a baby. If a passerby picks up her bundle, it becomes so heavy, it pins them to the rocks, and then Nure Ona uses her long pointed tongue to drain their blood at a pace that suits her. In some versions of the tale, she even strangles her victims with her pretty hair. Wow. Yeah, that's horrible. Huh. Okay. Facing, but it says. It says she only has the face and hair of a woman, but the eyes and teeth of a snake. But it doesn't really say what her body is, huh? The blue men of Minch have a taste for human flesh. Wow, I met the blue men. They're pretty cool. Yeah, not the music group. Oh, I think it's a. Them? I think oh. it's a different group, Don. Now see how? Okay, so he see how he's got split. He's got yep. flippers. That's more siren. Okay, sirens are supposed to have. That's yeah, yeah it's Starbucks. Have you ever noticed that's not a mermaid on a Starbucks cup? It's a siren because it's got a split tail. I Yeah, I really hadn't noticed, but that's interesting. They seem to have a siren song, Don, because they're everywhere. Yeah. All right. Killing people left and right. <laughs> Scottish folklore tells of a strange group of creatures that inhabit one particular strait. According to legend, they would appear in groups with only their torso raised out of the water. These blue men of Minch would wave their, to sailors in a friendly manner, and the sailors would assume that they were innocent people in need of rescue. But when the sailors got closer, they would see the unnatural blueness of the men's skin and the elongated, twisting features of their faces. Unfortunately, sailors close enough to recognize the blue men were close enough to become prey. The blue men would drag them into the water and feast on their flesh. Huh. Yeah, stay away from blue men in the water. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, Titan asked a question. Sure. It's kind of, uh, we kind of missed Titan's questions on Paisley's show, by the way. Uh, he says, Paranormal Portal, Brent, Don, do y'all think, uh, do y'all suppose that mermaids could be a form of skinwalker? Thus, they are seen as the observer's uh, ethnicity. So, oh. do you think they might be a skinwalker? Maybe. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, of course, it's it's all speculation, right? So, nobody, nobody knows, right. but... But what the hell are they? Uh, I mean, they could be some kind of transformative, you know, aquatic slash, you know, human thing. I don't know. It's it, they're just such a weird, weird legend. And, and you know, with the the little amount of right. of witnesses, I think is. But then again, we're not on the ocean much, except for sending stuff back and forth. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a great postulation. I, I don't know. That's that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Great, great thoughts. All right, so this is the seductive sirens were actually horrific monsters. The, the Odyssey details one man's quest to get home, despite the mechanization, machinations of a lot of evil women, thanks Greek mythology. But of all the seductresses Odysseus faces, none stand out quite like the sirens. These creatures are commonly depicted as mermaids whose beauty equals that of their deadly songs. However, in the original text, the sirens have the bodies of birds. And the, on, the only beautiful thing about them is their singing. This makes them more like harpies, who are traditionally the personification of lethal storm winds. Either way, you're likely facing, facing a shipwreck. Yeah, there's that. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Ha <laughs> ha! 
Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal. And you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in the first mermaid was the result of a suicide attempt what hmm? uh perhaps the oldest known mermaid myth is that of the syrian tale of a target a goddess she was a goddess who fell in love with a human shepherd but her divine strength accidentally took his life. Overcome with grief grief and guilt, a Targodis attempted to take her own life in the ocean. Gods usually turned into fish when they dove into the sea, but the goddess was too beautiful for that fate. The transformation stopped halfway through. She became the first mermaid. Mm. Well, I guess she went on to have some you know, kids and settle down. So <laughs> I guess it worked out okay for her, all things considered. But yeah, that's not that's that's a sad tale. Rusalki are the vengeful spirits of girls who passed violently. Ooh. In Russian folklore, Rusalki are the spirits of women who took their own lives or were submerged in water until passing due to unwanted pregnancies. Mm. Their souls lived on forever in the form of vengeful mermaids who punished men and children for, for their fate. If you met a Rusalka, she would lure you in with beauty and make you feel safe with her soothing voice. And once you're in her grasp... She would hold you underwater until you passed. In some versions of the story, she would instead tickle you to your end while she laughed herself. Well, that's obviously the kid's <clears throat> version. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Dr. Seuss version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be twisted enough for Dr. Seuss. Yes, that would be correct. Irish mermaids are seals looking for their skins. Mm. Oh, speaking that's... of skinwalkers, Titan, there you go. Oh, there you go, yeah. They're just wayward seals that somehow ended up naked. <laughs> Nakeder. <laughs> in Irish folklore, selkies are seal women. When these creatures want to go on land, they simply peel off their skins, their seal skins, and reveal their human forms. Wow. Stowing their skins behind rocks. And unfortunately for them, any man can make his selkie his bride if he steals her skin. As long as he keeps the skin in a hidden place and oils it frequently. So <laughs> I guess they dry out and then they, they just they just uh -huh. go to hell. But Selkie, <laughs> Selkie love stories always end in a tragedy for the men and their half-Selkie progeny. As landbound Selkies never stop hunting for their skins, they inevitably find them and return to the sea, never to see their husbands or children again. Mm. Wow, that didn't work out. Just put it in a safe. Good luck getting that out. Uh, some mermaids are mer-zombies. Mer-zombies? Yep. It's... You mean like from uh, L-O-T-R? <clears throat> I don't know. When they're going through the swamp? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh. In the original telling of Anderson's The Little Mermaid, the Sea King's daughters 
tell tales about the corpses of sailors that sink down into the sea. In some mermaid mythology, these men are brought back to life in the form of form of merfolk. However, these mer zombies retain no memories of their life on land. Huh? How about that? French mermaids have dragon wings and serpent tails. Wow. Well, that's that's an interesting take. Uh, the the Mel, Melusine, uh, or, or sign, I don't know, is a sea creature from French mythology with a few tweaks on the traditional mermaid model. Her parents were a fairy and a human, but the mortal father betrayed the magical mother. When Melusine learned of the betrayal, she imprisoned her father in a mountain. Her mother, furious, cursed her. From then on, she would turn into a serpent below the waist every Saturday. Huh? The beautiful Miss Melusine eventually won the heart of a king, though she made him promise not to peek in on her on Saturdays. But, of course, he did. And when he saw her monstrous appearance, she flew away. A little bit of Shrek in there. Huh. Yeah. Right? Some mermaids are portly monks trying to convert you. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What the hell is that? That's, uh, that's, well, let's find out. The the world was particularly human-centric in the 16th century. People believed that the creatures of the sea were just the underwater versions of terrestrial animals and plants. So when French naturalists, uh, Guillaume uh, Rondelet, came across a sea creature that resembled a monk, in 1554, he naturally concluded that it was the oceanic counterparts of those earthly figures. A description of the animal is pretty horrifying. It has a human head and face, resembling in appearance the men in, uh, with shorn heads, whom he calls monks, because of their solitary life, but the appearance of its lower parts, bearing a coating of scales, uh, barely indicated the, the torn and severed limbs and joints of the human body. Wow. The creature is now believed to be a giant squid, uh, though the whole story could have been a hoax on the part of Rondelet. Well, there is that. Could no. be, could have faked it. Just no, there were no such things as hoaxes back then. <laughs> back then. Back then, everybody back was then, no, uh, above was board. Reasonable. You know, it's just like, you know, reading it on the internet. Right. <laughs> uh, there you go. The Arabian Nights describes a grotesque mermaid. The Arabian Nights, a collection of Middle Eastern folktales, originally called 1001 Nights contains many colorful descriptions of mythical creatures. Perhaps the most, most off-putting is the text's take on a mermaid. Moon faces and hair like a woman's, but the hands and feet in their bellies, and their bellies they had tails like fishes. Uh, terrifying appearance aside, these sea people essentially live just like humans. One protagonist in the Arabian Nights even spends some time in an underwater realm ruled by mermaids. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. Beauty's only skin deep, Don. <laughs> it's only scale deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. You get under the flesh and everybody looks the same. Oh, what is that? <laughs> go back up right there. It's banned. Even back then it was banned. <laughs> Everything's banned. Banned, 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 banned. I didn't know that symbol was that old. <laughs> is that go. like a scarlet letter? <laughs> it is. Maybe that's what it was. A deity of European folklore, the Melusine or Melusina, depending on the source, was half woman, half something. In some tales, she had the lower body of a fish. In other depictions, it was the lower body of a serpent, and sometimes she even had wings or more than one tail. Yes, exactly like the Starbucks logo. There you go. The legends of the Melusine, that sounds like the other one we read, but tend to vary somewhat, but all revolve around the central idea of 
Melusine reverting back to her fishy self when she's in the bath. Oh, like Otherwise, no one could tell she wasn't human. Splash. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Daryl Hannah, yep. She would always tell men to never gaze upon her in the bath. And they thought, uh, and they would always break the promise. The punishment for doing so, Melusine would leave them every time. And sometimes just moving into another man, uh, sometimes running away to Avalon, but always leaving the men who loved her brokenhearted, or loved her brokenhearted. I don't know. Oh, leaving the men brokenhearted. Got it. Okay. Here's, uh, Again? I guess so. Melusine's enchanted bloodline sat on the throne of England. Ooh. Melusine did more than abandon the men who broke her vows to her. According to myth, she was also an ancestor of many kings and queens of England. As the legend states, her bloodline originally descended into the Luxembourg dynasty, and, and when Elizabeth Woodville, the daughter of Jaquetta of Luxembourg, became queen of England in the 15th century, that placed Melusine's long line of magical prowess on the throne. The magical connection would prove dangerous for Jaquetta and her daughter, who, however, there were many who claimed they trapped the they trapped the king using witchcraft, a serious charge in those days. Narrowly escaping death multiple times, they would go on to lose the throne and then regain it in the War of the Roses. And when Elizabeth's daughter, Elizabeth of York, married Henry VII in 1486, the magic of Melusine was transmitted to every royal who has sat on the throne of England since then. Wow. Well, there you go. The royals are magic. That explains it. <laughs> um, we're down to four minutes. I don't know. Wow. We're getting there. And then we're going to come back and do a lot of other stuff here. We're not, uh, not going to finish this if we don't get it in before break. The Ningyo could grant eternal life. Well, somebody better get fishing. Uh, the Ningyo of Japan are totally different kind of mermaid than you probably used to. <laughs> Instead of the traditional half-human, half-fish hybrid that is so common among Western mythology, the Ningyo can take various forms, uh, the lower body of a fish, the upper half of a monkey, the whole body of a fish the whole, the face, with the face of a bird, reptile, or even a human, and often sport grotesque razor-sharp teeth sprouting from their mouth. These creatures are more than just awful to look at, however. They supposedly possess incredible powers, too. The flesh of a Ningyo, is cons if consumed, supposedly could grant a person eternal life, or at least a very long one, one tail, Yao Bikuni tells the story of a young girl who consumed ningyo meat by accident after her father left it out. She wound up barely aging but lived for many years wandering the world until one day she finally returned to her hometown to pass at the age of 800. Wow. Wowza is right. So there's the mermaids, is folks. Is that like pink water? You know, the mermaids, <laughs> pink like salmon, pink water. I don't know. Maybe it's a pink mm. thing. I, I don't know. It's hard to say, folks, but... That's a whole bunch of information on mermaids, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I don't know. You know, do you think they're out there? I don't know. I'd like to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Um, because there are some people that are adamant that they're definitely out there. Um, I, you know, you don't hear, again, of many people seeing them. But, you know, I guess it's it's possible. Is it? Right. A, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. I don't know. I really don't have an opinion. You know, it's fine if they're there. It's fine if they're not. I think it's it's a kind of a cool idea that there's something possibly paranormal in the oceans, but maybe everything in the ocean is right now paranormal because we really don't know much of what's there other than the the fish and and uh, and life that we've been able to study. Right, so, right. I mean, there could be a lot of things. 
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in all right so uh let's see who's on the horn here i think i know who it is because it's color id and all that but uh let's get to it area code 410 you're on the air hey how you guys doing it's android purity hey android purity how you doing brother Pretty good. Good. I'm doing pretty well. I'm here with my my girlfriend. I'm actually going to share a story of hers, and she's a little shy, but she is here. Hi. Hi. Good to, good to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show with Andrew. Android. So I'm going to share her story, since she's a, a little shy, but she's going to answer any questions if you have any um, afterwards. Um, okay. I had to basically get the story from her mom because uh, most of this happened when she was a little uh, kid, so she doesn't even remember most of it. Okay. Um. So uh, if it sounds a little robotic while I'm reading it here, because I am reading it from what she had uh, <laughs> when I gotten from her mom here, because I thought it was fascinating. Okay. Um, just kind of a uh, precursor. It's, it's, it's just kind of a story from when she was three years old. So okay. basically that what her mom tells me is that um, one day, you know, she was just walking by uh, her bedroom, uh, you know, in the hallway, and she heard her uh, playing in her bedroom uh, when she was three years old. Um, and walked in there and, 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 uh, she just started talking and she, about, I don't know, conversations, how somehow they got on a conversation that how, when she was, uh, eight years old on her eighth birthday, she was swinging on the swing, uh, with her sister, um, outside of their house and their house burnt down. And keep in mind, she was an only child, and she was only three years old when she was telling her mom this. And her, and and so her mom uh, questioned, "What on your eighth birthday?" And she said, "Yes." And she like insisted, kind of in a sassy way, "Yes, that's what I said on my eighth birthday." Like she was so <laughs> matter of fact about it, and very serious about it. Wow. And um, and uh, she was like, "Yeah," like wondering like why she didn't remember or something. Like, and, uh, and was like, yeah. And then we moved from, uh, Plashes, Texas to Plano, Texas after the house burned down. Don't you, you know, all, like just a very matter of fact way. And she was very insistent of it. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll say it, my mom. So those aren't Plano is a, is a more well-known town. Plashes is a very tiny town. And my mom asked, she went to the daycare teacher and asked if there was a student that had moved from there. Uh-huh. Um, and they said no, or if they were going over towns in Texas and they said no. Wow. Um, so I don't know <laughs> where I would have gotten that from. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I was a weird, weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of this, but my mom, I mean, I had other experiences and that'll tell you about, she took me to a psychiatrist. Um, they recorded stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, my my mom, I, she can't find the tape recordings of me, but I was I told her about this dress that I wore on my eighth birthday, and I mean, yeah, it was weird. Wow, that's incredible! Wow, 
Did, did, did yeah, and then just not long after that, I think around the same time, her mom was telling me about another instance, probably around when she was three or four, too. I guess it was also when she was young because she doesn't remember this one either. Is um, She was walking by her bedroom and she heard her talking to somebody in her bedroom. So she thought, oh, you know, she's playing with an imaginary friend or her doll or something, walked in there. And um, she said, you know, who, who are you talking to? Um, and she was like, you know, I'm talking to, to the angels. And she was like, the angels, where, where are the angels? And, um, she said that, uh, oh, they come through the window as little round lights. And they, oh. and then she would, and then she pointed to a spot like in the corner room and they would stand right here and they would talk to me. Wow. And, uh, she said that they come from the, a ship and, um, she said, uh, and then uh, that's all I got, I guess, from the gist of that uh, instance. But then randomly, uh, also random other days that she would just go in her room and just find like a little white feather on the ground of her, her bedroom floor. And they had no down feather pillows in the house. Highly allergic to down. And she was allergic to down pillows. So they purposely avoided down feather pillows in the house. But they would just find, her mom would just find like a little white feather on more than one occasion. On the floor of her bedroom floor, um, but and she was also very insistent that these things would come and talk to her. That she referred to as angels, as little round lights that would come through the window, and and then they would stand there and and talk to her. I don't remember any of this, but I do remember <laughs> the next story. I'll tell you about. I I vaguely sure. remember. <laughs> okay. Because I was like three. Okay. So there was another instance that, and this is one she does remember. This is when she was much older, and it's actually connected. I was, I, I was six years old. So six years older, so maybe a couple years older. And um, they were on a road trip and um, driving, and she was sleeping in the back of the car, in the back seat or truck, and um, she woke up from sleeping and, and kind of looked up and looked outside the window, and um she saw like a blue, she says what she describes as a blue, like a glo- blue glowing light. I, I, it's, I vague, I remember it, but I vaguely remember it. And I don't know how I knew, but I, I said it was an angel and I pointed it and I said, look, it's an angel. My dad, it was nine o'clock at night or so. So he slammed on the brake and they, cause I scared him uh-huh. and they looked out there and about two seconds later, a head on collision happened right in front of us. Oh my God! Wow. So she she had shouted out, you know, an angel. It startled her father enough to to slam on the brakes some, and and then right after slam on the brakes, like one two seconds after, literally right after, head on collision between two cars right in front of them. Oh. And um, then when we got when we finally got to the hotel, and my mom was getting me out of the car, out of the back seat, there was another white feather. Wow. In the back seat. Yeah. Now, that, so those are my stories. <laughs> and I, ne- I never personally believed in reincarnation before, uh, you know, she had ever told me this stuff. I never knew anyone. He never, he never believed me. No one believed me. And, and, um, <laughs> and she mom. told me this story, but uh, kind of just bits, bits and pieces about it. And I just like kind of brushed it off. And then I heard it from her mom and I was like, that gave it like, I was like, wow. And then, um, and then I had seen a show also recently on Netflix, and it just lined up with so much with her experiences. It just, like, totally blew my mind, yeah. That's really powerful. Did you guys save those feathers? Yeah. Did you guys save the feathers or did you throw them out? My mom threw them out, and they didn't <laughs> say, I mean, everyone thought I was half nuts. So. Wow. But- <laughs> I said I went to therapy and stuff, and 
now go figure I work in the psych ward of a prison. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I know how that works. Yeah. Don and I, yeah. both, we both have backgrounds in corrections, so that's, uh, that's oh, yeah. yeah, we it's understand. Interesting. <laughs> wow, that's intense. So now did you have ever come up with a name from when you were eight years old having a birthday and, and wearing that dress? No. Okay. No. And my mom told me she has a recording somewhere at home. Um, but she tried to get more out of me Uh and I would get frustrated. I'd get really frustrated and upset when she would bring it up sometimes. And I think now looking back on it, I didn't know how to tell her that's all I remember. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. That's powerful though. Um, and and you you lived in Texas at this time though, or or did you did you grow up in a different state? Entirely? Yes, I'm I'm from Texas. Okay. I'm from San Antonio. Okay, but <laughs> I mean, with all of those all of those strange things happening, and the fact that you know the white feathers when you know there was nothing in your home right. that would have you know aggravated <laughs> your your allergies. Obviously, um, that's uh, uh, it was a repeatable event. I mean, it happened over and over. Um, did, did anybody believe you back then? Like your mom did, she must've at least been questioning some of the stuff because they they were open-minded. My, my parents are very open-minded and I was raised that way, but they did think it was really weird. And like I said, I wouldn't let it go. Okay. Um, and I would get upset. I would sometimes have nightmares and I would cry and just get frustrated. And so that's why they took me to, um, a child psychiatrist and stuff. So. You know, it'd be interesting. I don't know if it works the same for um, reincarnation type situations, but if you could undergo regression hypnosis to see, you know, not not speaking of like past life stuff, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what to think about that stuff. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not. But to at least remember the things that the younger version of you knew and to see if you could glean more details as an adult than your young, you know, three-year-old mind could have. Do you have any weird, um, do you have any weird birthmarks? <laughs> because, I don't know. <laughs> because they say, they say birthmarks can lead to an idea of how you were, how you died in a previous life. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Okay. And mm-hmm. so you don't know any more about that existence other than you're on a swing and your house burned down. Um, was, was the idea that yeah, and on my eighth birthday and I was wearing this yellow and pink dress that okay. I loved and yeah. <laughs> yeah. But supposedly that she didn't pass away on that day because they moved to another town after right. the house burned down and, and they were outside swinging on the swing, her and her sister, when the house burned down. So they were outside the house when it burned down. So yeah. she had, if you know, had a past life, she had lived on past that point. So right. maybe she lived a full life, you know? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. And that's, that's really mm-hmm. cool. I mean, it's one of those situations, and honestly, those those kind of stories really make me think that there's really something profound about this whole reincarnation idea is that, you know, these kids coming back with sometimes even, even names, sometimes, you know, even names of their, their kids from their former life. And, and many psychologists have actually researched, or not many, but they have been researched pretty uh pretty intensely in a few cases. And as far as I know, they were never debunked. Like they were, they were just kind of, right. well, this is weird. We don't know what to do with it. So, uh, you know, you you certainly could be one of those rare individuals that just has some kind of re- recollection or recall, but I would be really curious what else 
you might have, you know, had. Yeah, I've I've thought about that too. Undergoing regression regression therapy to recall past memories of when I was a little kid. Right. Mm. Because it's you know it's too bad that you know we don't really remember too much about those those parts of our lives, those real young parts. But it's just so fascinating. And, uh, you know, it'd be just really cool to try to crawl into that and figure out more about it. But that's amazing. I mean, you've, you really had some really cool experiences. Now, do you have any sense that uh, of, of paranormal things still? Or is that just this, uh, the younger you and that's about it? I mean, I'm open-minded to it, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't she have believes- like a six. <laughs> yeah, she believes in the paranormal. She's never seen anything like any paranormal spiritual experiences like I have, a few I've had. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she believes in all that stuff, yeah. yeah. I see weird things at work in the prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet oh, you especially. I've seen some weird things, too. <laughs> yeah. I think anybody working in those environments has seen all kinds of things that they wish they could unsee. But, uh, you know, some of that stuff is, is really powerful, but especially... You know, working at prisons, I think, you know, those are, are I, I think, psychically supercharged yes. places, yes. you know. And, uh, you know, I, I worked, the one I worked in was built in the 1800s. Uh, at least mo- uh, the, the main building was, and it looked like a castle. It was really wild. And I can't say I ever had any paranormal experiences there, but just sometimes you get a vibe and stuff. But, you know, you've, you've had some really cool experiences, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I, I think it would be neat to explore if it's possible. But, you know, at, at any rate... Just knowing that that was what I mean, did that does that give you peace knowing that you may have lived before, or what does that do for you personally? I'm just curious. I'm so curious. I want to know more. I'd I'd like to know more. I just I've shoved it to the side for so yeah. many years because it's just not something we talk about. Right. No, I understand. Mm-hmm. Or it's just in specific company, but I mean, just in in your your view of life. I mean, are, do you currently? Uh, do you have a fear of, of dying or do you not have a fear of dying because of those memories or, or do you not as much as I used to when I was little? Right. Yeah. But one thing actually I I do notice is when I watched that Netflix documentary, uh, I think it's called life after death. The one of the episodes is about reincarnation that they do really a psychologist really documents with factual instances of these two or three kids that they're able to verify their names and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And one thing I found uh, that matched up with her like crazy that really freaked me out was that uh, I think two of the three or uh, uh, the kids that they studied just had like actually I think all three of them in some way or shape or form, and that she has the same thing where they liked really old classical music for no reason at all. So it were like decades before their time. Oh. And she also loves old classical music for like from the fifties and stuff. Me on she knows, and I will know it. She and knows the names, it. the bands, the names of songs. And like, you know, this is stuff way before her time and she just loves it. And she knows the stuff and, and there's no explanation for it. You know, I don't know anybody else our age that, that likes stuff like their music, music like that. The music, the fashion and the, pop culture and politics. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can I, quiz me on almost anything and I'll, I'll know it. I believe you. I believe you. I mean, I, I, I have a, a fascination or, or a, uh, I, I feel a draw to like the twenties and the, and the thirties to me, that feels like a really great age. And I don't know why, but I've always been just loved the music. I love the, you know, the early like vaudeville and stuff like that. It feels like something mm-hmm. familiar on a, on a, on almost a genetic level. So I've often wondered, it's like, could I have been around then? And maybe that's what mm-hmm. the case is, but that's that's incredible. 
And, and then, you know, I, I think there's definitely merit to that. Very cool. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, we just wanted to share because I thought it was it was really powerful when I found out about everything. <laughs> I didn't even know all this stuff about her, you know. Until, I, don't, I don't tell until people. like you know we had been together for a while. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Thank you guys for calling in and yeah. doing that, and thank you for doing it together. It's great to be able to talk with you mm-hmm. as well as the you know the person having experienced it. But and now she doesn't have any reason to not call us and talk to us because she just <laughs> did that. <laughs> I will. I will have stories from the prison. I, I can write them all down. I <laughs> please. I would love it. Yeah, if you would please, and then yeah, just email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail dot com because it'd be great to talk about those. Okay. All Will right. do. Thank you. Thank you guys for wow. calling. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Good night, everybody. Wow. Well, not everybody, but you guys. Good night. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Uh, yeah, that's actually really, really cool. It's, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to say it's a memory. I'm going to go out there and say it's probably a memory from a, a, a past life, you know, because that's just the way it felt. Um, and great stories. Um, you know, that the feathers were interesting. That's always an interesting right. manifestation, especially from, she said it was a blue light that was following her down the road. or, And then when she got home, there was a feather on the ground after that. Yeah, she saw the yeah. blue light and then, the, then they, they had a, a, a head-on, not they had, but they, there was a head-on right. collision ahead of them. Ah. And so maybe that angel was on the way like, oh, got, you know, duty calls. Yeah. So, um, but really, really cool experiences. Yeah. Very, very profound. I, I just love that. I love that about when you guys participate and bring that stuff to the table because this, you know, this is powerful stuff. Uh, and and to me, it really does substantiate the whole, hey, there's something else. Right. This isn't it. I mean, we get so wrapped up in our in our in our meat suits that we forget huh. that we're. And I really think we're universal, you know, beings that don't have a beginning or ending. We mm-hmm. just continue. So I think that's very powerful stuff, and those testimonials definitely speak to that to me. So I don't know right. what it means to all yeah, of you out there, awesome. and, uh, but I hope you find some, some value in that because those are very rare but very powerful kind of stories for sure. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormalportalradio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormalportal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, out. check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>